Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me, as always, is the most brilliant, the most insightful, the most incisive commentator on all things women's cycling, my dear and beloved friend, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I am so good. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Every year I get a bit, oh God, cycling. And then the Tour of Qatar starts, and it's like, oh, cycling! <laughs> it's been quite a week, hasn't it? I mean, there's heaps to talk about. We've got cyclocross and, and world records and all sorts of things to cover off. But um, Qatar is just, wow, wow. I mean, it, it, race finishes today, but, um, but these three stages we've had already have just been really interesting. So good. And it's like, and it's, I mean, Qatar is always, always fascinating. And we'll talk about a bit about that. We've got lots of things to talk about. We've got um, exciting news about new TV. We've got um, some really interesting stuff about cycling in the press. We've got uh, kit vote. We've got exciting promises of races for the future. Um, obviously, we've got Mecha Mecha. <laughs> I hate mechanical doping as a phrase. Ah, I hate, I hate it too because it's so fucking inaccurate. Ah! I can actually call it. Well, Famke van den Driesche and I've got thoughts about that, but I promise, I promise, I promise, we won't rant on about it for the whole hour. That would be ridiculous. No, yeah. Um, Even for us, that's a bit over the top. Oh. I may get a little bit distracted because while we're recording, the final stage of the ladies' tour, tour, tour of Qatar will, will start. And so I might start clicking, 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 especially if there's pictures of camels, because I will never in my life get enough photos of professional riders with camels. Never, 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 <laughs> never. <laughs> well, it's an, it's an interesting photo category to go after, but I respect the attempt. Um, yeah, yeah. And... I mean, I, well, I feel like if you've got it, you should flaunt it, you know? Yeah, yeah. In and around all of that, though, most importantly, Sarah and I kicked off a bit of a Twitter feud uh, last night, her time, this morning, my time, to determine which one of us is the is the kind and good one. Obviously, I'm the front runner because I've laid out all the best compliments so far. You're officially very irritating. I know. Annoying. Thank you very much was the term. So, you know. Dan got a called. Dan got called my very annoying <laughs> On someone's blog, and I'm so happy. <laughs> on someone's on someone's blog, reviewing your chapter in a book. <laughs> That's apparently how annoying I am. <laughs> You're that annoying that even that it's got to be mentioned in your book review. <laughs> my brand, my brand association is is tainted by Dan's brand association. <laughs> anyway, where I mean, where do you want to start? Should we start? Should we? I mean, we we could do chronologically, and then we'll talk about Qatar. Should we start with talk Qatar and then go on to everything else? No, nah, let's save Qatar like dessert and um and go all <sighs> delicious sandy camel filled dessert. <laughs> well, you know, I was hoping we might make a baklava reference at some point. You know, it's not quite right, but it's it's. You know, it's not right at all. No, it's not. It's not. But it's better than dates. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. I think you're very good at dates. I'm sure you're very good at dates. No, no. This sticky. <laughs> I, I thought date. you told me I wasn't supposed to talk about your dating on this website. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're all right. They're kind of chewy and caramelly and stuff. But <laughs> That's just it's, all a, it's all a bit weird. <laughs> and then you That's put your clothes just... back on and it's just... You know, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, no, no, no. So last time we spoke, uh, was the day before, 
uh, dear friend and uh, and big fan of the show, long-time listener, hasn't actually called um, in a while, but spoke to you just after, actually. Uh, our good friend, Dr. Brady O'Donnell, decided to spend an hour riding in circles. <laughs> Dr. Brady O'Donnell went for the hour record. I said ages ago that I thought that there's no way Brady would have announced that she was going to do it if she didn't think she could do it. But she, we had a really good chat, a really good chat. And she spent an hour... <laughs> Going around in circles, and then she spent more than an hour telling me about it, which I love. <laughs> um, we got a blog. We got a there's a there's a podcast interview with Dr. Bridey, and I also wrote it up, which was you yeah. know a labor of love when you're writing exactly. up over an hour. Exactly. Oh my god, I still can't believe you did that. Wow. Um, but but yeah, but she broke the hour record, and she was the first woman to break it at sea level. Um, since since Leontine Van Morsel set that really really long lasting record, she's the first person to beat the hour at twenty sixteen. She did um, exercise the ghost of Jack Bobridge from the <laughs> 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 which, which you know is fair enough. Like honestly, um. And also, she's reignited a bit of an interest in the the hour from some of the other uh, uh, pro. Um, you see, I'm not taking this as reigniting an interest in the hour because what happened is at the Brawls Dolmans uh, team launch uh, last last week, uh, both Evelyn Stevens and Ellen Van Dyke said, "Yeah, we want to do the hour." But to be fair to them. Ever since the rules changed and the hour started, Ellen's been saying, yeah, I'm going to do the hour, but I'm not going to do it before the Olympics because you have to train specifically for it. See, I was going for the whole you talked everyone out of it because uh, (laughs) hour. And then then he interviewed Dr. Brady O'Donnell about the hour before the hour and she got the record. And then you interviewed her again after the hour. So... That's where I was going because I'm the kind one, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, it's no secret that I didn't get the hour um, until I spoke to Brody in November and she explained it. And I think you know that personal connection between a rider and what they're doing is the yeah. thing that really. And I and it just made sense. But the coverage, the Australian coverage of the hour was phenomenal. Like I, even if I hadn't, even if I'd gone into it going, oh God, here we go, you know, they what they did that was super clever. So they had a load of sprinting before the hour, and all of this yep. is streamed around the world. So they had a load of sprinters. So while Bridie was getting ready, you had Anna Mears going and working the crowd, and you know, being charming, and you know, lots of stuff to do, and and you know, and and not meaning the pressure was all on Bridie as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, then they and they, they so they had that and that was wonderful and then the whole coverage was fantastic. They had Anna Mears doing interview parts and even though she's even though she is a sprinter, you know, she is the opposite of the hour, isn't she? <laughs> but but she had done tons and tons and tons of research. So you know she was explaining about how I could never do that. Oh my god, and she's such a champion and she's so engaging. And then they had Tracy Gordry from the UCI and Brian Cookson from the UCI talking about what this means and stuff. But they didn't have the talking all the way through. They yeah. kind of weren't trying to keep the pace up. And because because on the screen you could see in the corner, you know, they had a split screen, so you know, they were that one camera was on the scoreboard that right, this is what lap she's done, this is the distance she's done, this is the time that's been, this is her average lap speed, this is her projected time. So you knew what yeah. was going on and if you went away to make a cup of tea you could come back and catch up with where it was yeah, and, exactly in a, in a glance you could basically tell whether she was still on track or or what the projected yeah. distance was going to be at the end and yeah, yeah. 
and then and then they'd move in and say right oh my god right we're halfway there give her a big shout give her a big crowd and they get the crowd up and then it would kind of settle down and so I felt like you know it was it was just so well done Australia thank you I mean the Aussie stuff like this they really the whole Aussie summer of cycling I mean, apart from the fact that I can't see the big races but you know the Aussie the, the cycling Australia stuff about how they big up the races and then present them afterwards the the the, the social media you know the social media around things like the Bay Crits all of that stuff is is like you guys really put on a good sporting show. You know, it's, it's a stereotype of Australia, isn't it, that you love sports more than anyone else in the world? But you really put <laughs> a great. Show. We we do love our sport, um, but I think also in the last, I reckon in the last three four years in particular, we've learned a lot about how to do it well, um, mm. and I I still think, to be perfectly honest, I still think we've got a lot of room to grow, but we we have learned a lot and we are continuing to learn and um yeah i i'm excited about the the possibilities and and it's not just i mean yes like you say production like that was really well done but even down to things like um you know for the last couple of years the video highlights that you've been able to get of nrs races you know same day or next day after each stage um we're getting good at it you know yeah and you're obviously women's cricket um, yeah, had, that had more viewers, and I know it's free to air, and British and than British cricket, men's cricket. And I know that you know British men's cricket, <laughs> but that's still like you know, that's still impressive. And that segues me on quite nicely. It's already won the hour. It's fantastic. Check out my interviews with her. It segues me on quite nicely because Belgium has been having a massive step change in how they show women's cycling and. Um, and they've recently announced that the Omloop van Hageland Telt Winger, one of the is one of the uh, rounds of the Lotto Cycling Cup, is going to be streamed live. And they also announced that they're going to be they're going to be streaming the last 35 kilometres, the Ronde van Vlaanderen, the women's Ronde van Vlaanderen, on the Sportser. Which will be fucking amazing. You know, it's what what they're going to do, and this is how clever is this? They're going to be showing the feed on their TV channel, sport and sports their TV channel, and what they've specifically said is, and we will link to split screen in key moments from the women's race into the men's coverage, and then they're going to be showing the women's coverage on their on their on their channel. Now, every cycling fan is going to be doing that thing that you do, where you've got one thing on TV, one thing on your laptop. You yeah. know, because how many people watched multiple races at the same time? It's double the viewing figures for sports, or isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And it's, and it's so, 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 so clever. And they announced this, and I think that where this has come from is that they were showing cycling. This is it's it's so interesting. They were showing cyclocross all winter. Now they lost the rights to the um bet to the to to the Bayless Bank Trophy men's race and I think they lost some of the rights to uh, the some of the rights to the World Cup so what they did was they said okay shit we've got this big hole in our cycle across schedules we'll show the women's bay post and they've been doing a wonderful thing where they've been pushing the viewing videos and they've been going okay hang on a minute you know we've got 35 percent of the audience share can you just explain audience share because this used to be your job didn't it <laughs> well yeah probably not at probably not at the the national network level uh, well, definitely not at that level. But basically, your your audience share is um, your share of the available viewing audience at that point in time. So the measurement of the total audience that are viewing. So that can be different to the total um, share of viewers. Um, yeah. So basically, 
short <laughs> short version is anything anything like a thirty share or higher is basically the kind of stuff that you dream of. Um, yeah, basically, it's it's how many people could be watching. You know, this is how many. You know, this is the audience for TV at this time, and in the whole of our geographical region, and this is the percentage that is watching us right now. Yep. And so. Yeah, so and, and sports really doesn't cover the whole of um, Belgium. It covers the Dutch-speaking parts of Belgium, and obviously cyclocross is it has is, is you know that's its key spot. So they're looking at a 30 percent, you know, 30, 35 percent, sometimes 60 percent audience share. And so because they were getting you know so good, such good share, started showing not just the Bentrose Ben Trophy, but they picked up the Sudal Classics, they picked up some standalone races. Um, they, they, they published the the work the the, the, share, the the figures for the world and 60% of their audience they had a 60% audience share for the women's world champ broke across world champs. 60% the is had, insane. Like that's insane. The men's had an 80. The men's had an 80. They had 80% audience share for the men's. Wow. But 60% is not that far from you know what I mean. It's not like it's not like it's yeah. not that far at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. That's stunning, really. It is. It's that's just phenomenal. Um, and so, as a result, and I don't know, it's something like six hundred thousand people watched the um, yeah uh, women. And that's just that, that's just there. That's not you know. That's not all the yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's not the UCI feed. That's you know that's that, that's there. So, as a result, basically, we're demonstrating if you build it, they'll come. And it's it's just. I love it. I love and sports really, because sports is going to be the holy broadcaster for Flanders. And whatever they're putting on their TV, it's going to be whatever we get to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so I mean, with with that and the fact that that's basically been born out of um, you know the growth in cyclocross coverage. I mean, do you want to catch us all up on um, cyclocross worlds? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry for cycling cross world championships because the races were amazing, but obviously it got overshadowed by Frank and Andrew Drusha, oh, um, like yeah. mechanical bike, uh, mechanical bike, motorbike story. But the thing is, is the Frank and Andrew motor. So if you don't know, um, Belgian uh, young women, this was the first year ever there was an under 23 race for women, and so exciting, so 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 exciting because for you know the men have a junior category, an under 23 category, and an elite men's category, yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're like <laughs> if you're 17, for example, and a girl, you're basically going out against Helen Cans and Helen Wyman, and you'd be lucky to finish because you're going to get pulled from the race. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, you also, it's also very hard for young riders to actually learn how to win. Um, people yeah. talk about this in terms of um, things like American riders and British riders on the men's side that you forget how to win because you're lucky if you come 15th, you know. And for these young girls, you've got to learn how to win. You know, they don't have junior races. They don't have, well, you know, they don't have the under 23 races. So this was so special. And it also apparently doubled the number of women racing worlds because the other thing is if you've got six places in the Netherlands and your, you know, men's specialty, yeah. well, I, you know, the six places would say, oh, well, that's Sanna Van Passen, and it's Sophie Dubur, and it's uh, to the Young, and it's Mariana Boss, usually. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, you know, there's no room for, like, the nothing right to get their first chance. It was just glorious. And Helen Wyman, hats off to her, because in her role on the UCI Cyclocross Committee, she's been pushing this very hard and getting support from other people yeah. to help push it very hard. And, yeah, it was just, 
it's a spectacular race. Um, young Evie Richards, who's British, uh, hit the front really early in the race and basically slowed home to victory, which was, um, you know, just she just did it so, 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 so well. And Oscar, um, young Czech talent, second, and was captain, 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 um, coming third for the Netherlands. And there was a little bit of drama because the 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 Kia this is Amy Richards' first ever cyclocross race abroad. Oh my god, and people are like, oh shit, that doesn't sound so good for the sport. But she's eighteen. Yeah. So, you know, so she hasn't really had that many <laughs> chances to race overseas yet. Um, you know, she it's the first winter. She's been a mountain bike rider, she's been racing the cyclocross, you know, races in races in England. Yeah. It's I don't mind. I don't I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, she hasn't had a break in the summer, presumably to do her A levels, presumably to do her you know, to do mountain biking. Yeah. So yeah, it's I'm yeah, I'm super. I, I don't. I'm not like. I'm not. Oh, yeah, it's not like she's someone who's. Oh, you know what? Well, I'm just gonna give it my first shot. You know, come for the road. I'm gonna give it my first shot. She just. She's a proper. You know, she's a proper rider. And actually, yeah, yeah. you know, one of the. And she said, actually, you know, and one of the things she went after she won was, I'm so happy I've got the under twenty three race because otherwise I wouldn't have ridden. I wouldn't have ridden. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's. it's I've never it's... got to the team. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of um, uh, you know safe space and opportunity that that um, has long been lacking from from that side of of uh, things for those young women. Because as you say, like when you're when you're lumped in with the elite, um, there's such a big and and it is largely an experience and education gap, isn't it? So you know, it it it's just nice to have room for the event they need. Yeah, yeah, and and it was just and and the funny thing was because I'd ask um I asked Helen before the race oh who do you think is going to be good because I had my idea and she's like oh yeah you know um that no, no oh Nicola Noska I don't know what it is and and I'm more Catherine's for sure and I'm definitely every every Eva Richards and then they were the top three I was like I was going to say yeah. she basically picked the podium didn't she <laughs> yeah she picked the podium which is like you know it's always useful when a pro does that isn't it but um. <laughs> But then, of course, after the race, the big I mean, and and I'd said during the race that um, Fanta Vandrisha had 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 pulled had not been doing very well, and she pulled out of the mechanical, and I'd said I'll oh, gutted for her. But of course, it turned out afterwards that that one of her, that she was found for one of her bikes had a motor in it. Yes. Now this has gone through. We don't know the full results. She says that well, her dad came out straight away on the offensive with. It was um, not her bike. She'd sold an old bike frame to her friends and he'd brought it to the race and somehow it got mixed up with her pro bikes, and you know, which I find quite hard to believe. Like yeah. the idea that, you know, you know that you've bought three bikes to the race and suddenly there's a fourth and this fourth has a different saddle and different yeah, wheels exactly. and blah, 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 different, different tires and stuff. Because, exactly. You, you know, don't know your own bike. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. So. Yeah, I mean, I I am the least technical person around. But, you know, been to cyclocross races. I've seen what happens. I've seen how the mechanics handle it. It's about you know, and and the pits aren't like you know, it's not like the, you've got to take your bikes to the pits and stuff. And although when you go there, there's bikes hanging around, you know, because people cycle up to the race, there's bikes hanging around your bikes. There's a very you know, you don't know which of the bikes. You know, it's just yeah. Anyway, but but the thing is, is this is a really good news story because. 
we they've been stories about motor doping for years and years and years and years and years. And I believe you know I believe that they planned for her to, to write it. Stories for motor doping for really for years on end. And the story is we caught someone. They didn't use the bike. We caught it. And the story for everyone else is don't use this because you'll catch it. You know, we'll, we'll catch you too. Now, the fascinating things then come because you're uh, because you we, we, we then find that there's been stories actually, you know, it wasn't that the tech caught her. It was that she it was that the the they tipped off. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is that's interesting. But the other thing, the thing that I really don't like is the absolute mayhem of of burn the witch, you know, like that that that's going on. Yeah, that's that's my biggest difficulty. I mean, I don't think there's any real question that something very, very um, dodgy and outside of the rules has gone on. But I mean, as you say, cheating, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is cheating. And and there should definitely, definitely be, you know, the appropriate consequences for that. But the the bit that I find just impossible to condone or put up with is as you say this this vitriolic oh my god lifetime ban we have to set an example we have to you know fucking burn her in effigy and throw her in the pond and if she floats she's a duck and if she drowns she's a witch or whatever the fuck it's meant to be um you know no that's right if she floats she's made of wood so she burns so she's a witch and if she drowns then she's not yeah anyway whatever um God, I can't believe I just turned this into a Python thing. Okay, fucking deep breath. But that's the level of, of bullshit to the whole thing in in terms of the the reaction, in my opinion, is that is it's got like over-the-top Monty Python-esque. You know, it, it's just so disproportionate. This is a 19-year-old, a and we know from experience that in you know so close to 100 percent of these cases that it's not worth quibbling over the the variation there's always the influence of a coach or a family member or someone else behind i mean you know putting a motor into a bike is no small technical feat like you have to have pretty good knowledge of how to do it and how to make it work you know it's incredibly unlikely that this happened in a vacuum, that this is something that Femke has done on her own, and yeah. he... especially especially the background of her brother on EPO ban. Her brother checked out the course while he's on EPO ban, which is banned yep. anyway. And then they put the ridiculous. He got into the farce of the videos of her brother and her father stealing expensive parakeets, and and all this nonsense, all this complete, all this nonsense, just being just just kind of coming out. That's like this girl. I wrote about this on, my, on our blog because I always think that it's a teenage, as you say, that, that the, there's someone else behind it. Like, every time a teenager does something, the Michigan Panic Brothers, um, the yep. young Soviet Force champions a couple of years ago, had a pan and far away. I don't believe that this is teenage. I think that when it's a teenager, and, and people go, oh my God, yes, but she's a grown up, she's mad up. It's like, yes. Yeah. This is not me. When I was nine, I've been, I've worked, I've, I've, I've worked in that retreat centre, I've had my year off, so I've you know, gone travelling. Very, very, very independent. Yeah. That's a terrible mistake. Exactly. We we all still did stupid shit when we were nineteen. We didn't deserve, and neither does she, to have our lives completely destroyed because of it. 
you know, and, and particularly the thing that galls me especially is the the blatant hypocrisy of it in a sport that that you know will welcome back dopers with with almost open arms you know we'll let them run teams and and be coaches and fucking ride again and all of this sort of shit you know when okay i'm not saying from a moral or ethical standpoint that using a motor is justifiable but it's also not as criminally like literally criminal as blood doping you know I'd, be, I'd go for a lifetime ban, partly because I kind of feel that in these situations, maybe it's actually what's best for the rider. But you know, I've had arguments with people I really like where I've been saying, I hope she's getting support. I hope the Federation is supporting her and giving her, you know, giving her emotional support because I want her to be, you know, I want her to face a sporting consequence. But, you know, they're talking about a million euro fine to her. Willia yes. Tristina is talking about suing her. Like, like this is a 90, I can't imagine, imagine that lawyer conversation. Hey, yeah, what do you want to get out of a, this 19-year-old girl who's just had her career destroyed? And, you know, what, 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 what can you do? And people go, oh, well, you know, we've got to make a, we've got to make an example of her. But as I say, this is a good news story. She never rode the bike in a race. Even if she did ride in a race, she was on the podium for the Coppenberg Cross. But, you know, that's like one, she's had one, you know, one, one meaningful one result. result. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... What do we do if we say, right, at this level, ban, lifetime ban and a million pound fine and she gets sued, her whole life is just just destroyed. Yeah. What do we do when it's someone who's just won the Tour de France and found to have a motor in their bike? Yeah, yeah. Like, do we take one of their kidneys? I don't know, they've got EPO, you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 this is the thing, is like, in terms of proportion, in terms of proportionality, and this girl is like, international news, people who don't know, you know, my family is asking me about it. Oh, what yeah, about motorbikes I've, I've, I've had guys at work asking me about it, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's just and so... I I can understand the interest because there is a level of com- if you take out the human element, there's a level of comedy to it. It's quite funny, you know, most yeah, like yeah. the stealing parakeets, the the ludicrous, you know, the, the typical cycling ludicrous excuse, you know, the, yeah. it is quite. If if it wasn't for like a 19 year old girl who, you know, seems to have a terrible family and hasn't really had a chance at life and has just lost everything, yeah, like yeah. like like it, it is quite you know it's quite funny, but it's not. But, but, I mean, that, this is the thing is that the consequences go the whole way round. Like, you know, like we've, we've both said now, like neither of us is advocating for her to be, you know, free from consequence. But at the same time, that means the governing body and also, in my opinion, fans of the sport also have to be willing to acknowledge the consequences of their behavior too. You know, and, yeah. and particularly administrators and teams and, and governing federations and stuff all have a duty of care to this young woman who, yeah. you know, as you say, she needs emotional support. She needs good advice. She needs, you know, a whole bunch of things that have nothing to do with guilt or innocence um, or or punishment even, but just a responsibility to, to do that. Otherwise, consequences could be much worse. And similarly, yeah. fans, you know, have a responsibility to to curb their justifiable outrage at someone attempting to cheat and to recognize, like you say, the proportionality of their response and the relevance of that to, to the future of an individual. This is a real person, you know, and I, yeah. 
while while I know there are enough cycling fans in the world that there probably is one that's dickish enough to to you know gleefully read about someone self-harming or something like that after an event like this i think the vast vast majority of us would be aghast if we if we were to learn of something like that so yeah. you know let's not behave like, in a way like, that encourages it and she's not lance she's not someone who bullies people out of the pants on she's not someone who yeah. stole results from other people she's not someone who um who's who's just who's turned fans away in their droves this is a good news story she had the motorized bike she didn't, you know, she didn't use it in the race. She was caught before she cheated. This, this kind of stuff is on the horizon, but we're catching, you know, we're yeah. catching up. With, well, you know, we're catching up with new ways of, of combating things. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I feel sorry for Femke, but I also feel sorry for the riders, the other riders, because, oh, my yeah. God. Well, because, yeah, they've, such they've a beautiful race. had such a great race and it's so overshadowed by this, this ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, should we go on? So, then we had the elite women's race. And it was spectacular it's very interesting i i it was very interesting who would win it felt very very open and i do feel sorry for the riders like katie compton and Sana kant who've been all oh, that media well mariana voss and pauline fran Prabos not riding so this is your year you know what i mean there's no uh-huh. excuse for you not to win and it was just it was a really 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 i mean the thing about the course at Solder is it's every cycle cross course is different and this has a real impact on who wins so some cycle course some years you could have someone who has ridden quite a small quite a low program and doesn't have many cycle cross skills you know we can see how Stibby Stibar for example or Lars Bohm can come back and do very well in some cycle cross courses yep. but they wouldn't without you know without racing things but they wouldn't do in others and so Solder is one of the least I mean it's still got some really really hard sections but it's a very very fast course you know it's got lots of long fast straights where if you also ride road you're you know you've got an advantage but the fascinating thing was because the weather was so appalling and it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained you know we saw Zolda in December in the World Cup completely different race because you know in December it was dry this time it was full of mud well yeah I mean I didn't I didn't get to see the race but please correct me if I'm wrong but I I was um, led to believe that on at least two of the laps um, riders actually had to band together and form rafts out of their bikes to make it through sections of the course. There was that much rain. <laughs> it was great. And, um, yes, and it was, and it felt, it was a very, very, really, I mean, so much pressure on Sana Kant, and Sana Kant was doing so well. But what had happened was um, Talita de Jong, who had come fourth in the uh in the World Cup in Zolder in December and second in the race the week before, uh, the last World Cup at, oh my God, I've forgotten the name of it. I want to say Kuberheide, but I think I'm completely wrong. Um, she, she had chased back, got back to a front group, attacked, and in the lot, you know, attacked in the last lap, went clear and won. And, uh, Talita is this fantastic rider. She's um, one of those Rabobank riders who's ridden who's ridden a bit of cross yep. uh, for years. And she wanted to ride more this year, but she was injured at Valkenburg. Um, she was in hospital for the, at the beginning of the season, like a week after injuring herself in the, the preparation for Valkenburg. So again, people are saying, "Oh, yes, but she's actually a cyclocross rider." But she's she well, she is. She's just better known as a roadie because you yeah. all know that. And she had an unfortunate season, which she said. It actually probably helped her a bit because it meant she had more rest after her road <laughs> season but she was so she just rode it so beautifully and she she'd had an accident in the you know she's and the thing is is i interviewed been interviewing riders before the race and i had asked mariana voss 
and she told me off the record you know off the record and I can say this now because it's no because the race has happened you know she said off yep. the record I think Salita's going to win and I just and I'd already said to her she said who do you think I said well my head says Santa Camp but my heart says Talita de Jong so yeah so Mariana Voss is right about cyclocross <laughs> 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 who, who, who would have thought, really? I like, mean, you know, yeah. she's only, she's only, she's only won it seven times. Yeah, yeah. She only has she only has a passing familiarity with the discipline, but you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's it's um, yes. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. <laughs> I yeah, Matt, I, I and I was also slightly smug because um, I'd been interviewing riders, and obviously it's quite when you when you interview like six or seven riders before a race, your chances <laughs> going well. <laughs> I like that you're progressively honest about your your techniques. You know, like, <laughs> obviously this is going to be a sprint. I'll interview all the sprinters, and then, <laughs> uh, or or oh, obviously Bridie's going for the hour record, so I'll interview everyone going for the hour record. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah. So uh, it's cool. uh it's it's um it's yeah so it's very funny it's it's yeah i i did interview talita de young before the race though i am quite proud because i i did track her i did track her details down and get her and big thanks to helen wyman as well because um helen sent out my interview questions to riders and so you know and, and then some of them wrote some of them wrote back so thank you helen as always she's such a huge huge star so yeah so it's an amazing race um tons of video obviously we've got a link um on pro womenscycling.com if you go there on the podcast post you can see all the video all the links the, the the uci did an amazing really lovely little edit about the under 23 worlds about what it meant with riders talking about it which was just delightful nice. and especially delightful in the context of everyone talking about Frank and andrisha the other thing was was on the end we had Santa Kant who had who came third so talita won caroline marnie from france came second and sana Kant came third and sana last year um she was so unhappy on the podium she was just gutted when she came third she was yeah. just like i just come people oh smile why doesn't she smile Ugh. resting bitch face Ugh. and this year so with the podium they came off and then they had to wait hanging around in freezing cold weather visibly shaking and shivering we saw this with the under 23s and then go on to the podium and while she was waiting and and i think you know you've just you've done this race it's an incredibly hard effort really yeah. hard effort you've got adrenaline of finishing you then go straight to the podium you know you basically have a little bit of a how it works in cyclocross is you you know go into a tent and you you know quickly wipe the mud off your face and you change it into a clean kit you don't have time to have a shower you know wipe the mud off your yeah, legs wipe yeah. the mud off your pull on some leg warmers pull on some arm warmers pull on a hat and then you're standing in this, waiting in this freezing cold bit with cameras right in your face and Santa Kant's broken down. You've got with the winner behind you and, you know, Caroline Marnie being absolutely delighted to be on the podium. And Santa Kant's in tears yeah. and she's trying so hard not to cry. Mm. And she rocks up and she's on the podium and she's, she's visibly holding back tears. Talita's weeping with happiness. Yeah. Caroline Marnie's winning and... There's various people going, oh, why doesn't she just smile? She should be happy that she's come oh, third. For and fuck's sake. The good news is, is that most people on Twitter, and especially the people who are like the the the, the taste makers of Twitter, if you like, you know, you're ah. Adam Myers. No, no, in terms of cyclocross. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, your 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 reporters, your journalists, your 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 riders are all going, what the actual fuck? 
how can you say that about that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard about people saying no doesn't she just smile you know no one complained when Lars Vanderhaar who came second in the men's race was a bit he was holding back the tears yeah. you know because he was from disappointment on the men's podium but women oh why doesn't she just smile ha ha her hair's like Justin Bieber it's like this is a woman who had so much pressure on her back, who was racing at home, who had been so yeah. dominant throughout the season, too dominant, you know, it's part of the problem is that she, you know, she peaks in the wrong time. But, and she, and she's crying because she's holding back the tears because she wanted to win. Yeah, and that's exactly. why I like, I like that rider. That's the rider, I, that's the rider I want to support. Yeah, because she cares, because she's passionate, and because it's a completely normal human reaction. I mean, I, I, I obviously don't expect everyone to be the same but i can certainly relate to a, a thing like that where like a huge part of my mind is just going to be replaying every little mistake that i think i made that might have made the difference between first and third or whatever you know yeah. like like yeah. that's hard fucking work and i think yeah. that's all i'd be doing all i'd be doing is saying because i'd be freezing cold and adrenalized and i just want to go and sit in a room and cry and cry and cry and cry yeah. and cry and cry and then, and then you know maybe yeah. yeah then maybe maybe like a week later go yeah you know what i'm still proud of coming third you know i'm still yeah. proud, i'm still proud of coming third. but but you know but fuck it i want to you know and how can i do it what did i do wrong what can i do better but at that in that moment you know like like mariana on when and all the road world champs you know one of the reasons i'm a big fan of hers is while she's very 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 complimentary in that time she's hurting and she's like you know and uh, yeah you know it's like and the other thing is is who wants automata for star yeah exactly <sighs> like who the fuck wants like just performing robot puppets like fuck off like yeah. seriously you know these are people and it's it's hard goddamn work and they've put their all into it and they're allowed to be pissed off if they didn't get the result yeah, they want but also like, like i said no one ever says this about men and it's also not like everyone yeah. in the world exactly and then every guy who does you know act a bit pissed off or or cries or whatever just gets the oh isn't he such a good strong man for showing his emotions or some shit yeah. and it's it's like you know and and you know to be fair the blokes that's fine let your emotions show there's nothing wrong with that either but don't be a dick about other people showing theirs, you know? Yeah. So, amazing racing. Um, uh, Rabobank. Oh, my God. Rabobank, uh, their sponsorship runs out at the end of this year, yeah? Yep. At the end of this season. And you think Rabobank had Mariana Voss as the Cyclocross World Championships, then Pauline Franprovo, then Talita de Jong. You know, they're, what, they're doing something. And I know, that, I know that Cyclocross is more of an individual sport and less about the team and stuff, but... If Rabo Bank doesn't get sponsored, yeah, yeah, like like <laughs> they've clearly got something for them in, in terms of developing riders, um, you know, multidisciplinary as well. So, was it Adidas or Nike that is pulled out of sponsoring athletics? Oh, um, oh maybe yeah. they could come. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? I'm sure they'd be looking for the the hookup. And honestly, uh, I mean. Yeah, if there was a, a marketer's dream for a team that you could just buy basically into and just like guaranteed performance out of the box, it's yeah, it's, it's like a no brainer. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so cyclocross. So we went from cyclocross, we went from arguing with people on the internet. I'm sorry, I shouldn't do it so much straight into Qatar. Mm, beautiful, dusty, windy Qatar. 
I, it's, I was talking to someone about this today. It's such a contradiction of a race. The course on paper is terrible. Like, it is. It's terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. literally, there were nine corners in stage two. Um, you know, it's it's long, flat, wide roads. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, there's no spectators at all. Yeah, and we get yeah. live every year, which is wonderful. But, like, you know, I it, was, it's... Same thing. I was having almost an identical conversation with a mate at work today, just going, on paper, it just looks like a disaster. But yeah. every year, you start watching and you go, holy f- <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's always interesting because they pay the 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 qatari um it's run by the aso which is why it has a fantastic you know fantastic website you know, that, that you know one has become accustomed to from the tour de france um but the, there's a lot of money from the qatari government and mm. i think they use this as a they've, they've you know they want the olympics in qatar and stuff and this is look look we do support women um uh, it, 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 so we get a lot of media out there. We also get a lot of media who don't want to be there. You know, we get a lot of journalists who've been sent out there by their publication and they don't want to be there, but they're going to be there because um, because the boy, the men's race is next week and they get yeah. to stay in a, like, five-star gorgeous hotel and they get tons of, you know, of freebies and stuff. So, so there is a mix in the media. On the other hand, we get the wonderful people like Felix Mattis, who's a fantastic journalist, German journalist, who does really, really good video edits. And we get people like VeloFocus doing photos. We get yeah. uh, lovely Owen Rogers, you know, tweeting from the race. But and we have one of the best. And I say this as someone, you you know, everyone who knows me knows that I do the live tweeting during the Aviva Women's Tour. Um, and so I have a very strong view of what's good or bad live tweeting because, you know, from a, prof- from a professional perspective i like to think i'm quite good at it um but they have one of the best life they have a really really uh this year they had kevin who's behind kevin who's behind the twitter is a really idiosyncratic person who's got a really nice voice you know really nice twitter voice they pick up a lot of photos they you know he makes jokes about yeah. about the um you know the, about the, they have like a danger of electricity signs at the point where the road turns look look they, they know that we're just about to have fireworks and look <laughs> in the race you know we have the ridiculous let's have a ton of photos of camels and riders it's awesome and well and and it is i mean and i think that's one of the things that i enjoy about it is that um it kind of it's self-aware in the sense that like it knows that its course is you know a bit challenging in terms of (laughs) in terms of appearing exciting and stuff but it 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 does the work, I guess, as a race to deliver entertainment and create bars and and stuff. And yeah. I have to say, the racing, you know, while the while the course, like we say on paper, doesn't look thrilling, the race consistently delivers because the thing that the the course guide can't show you is the wind. Yeah, and like, it's yesterday over forty kilometers per hour wind. Yeah, and, and, and so compared to you know, like I guess Dutch coastal races. There are there are not as that many races that are as singularly known for wind tearing a race apart as this one. But this is, and this is what Iris Slappender said 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 a couple said a couple of years that if you swapped the sand for grass and if you swapped the camels for cows, you're racing in Holland. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and except that the roads are incredibly wide and don't have no, but, things but, parked but in the, them all the time. But the thing is, but the thing is, is because, but 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 it's it's true. We you know we we talk about Dutch style racing as the most exciting and aggressive and attacking racing, and it's it's like it's because it only has nine corners, and that corner is taking you from, for example, a headwind into a crosswind. Mm. And all the riders are sprinting for that corner because yeah, you the... know that when that corner hits, the race is going to split apart. And if you're not exactly in the right position, you're down the road and you and they're just going to be gone. Exactly. Because, you know, like there the, are the first... teams who do this so well. Yeah, the first 20 riders that make it to the corner get to stay at the front of the race. And everyone else is racing in the the second well, bunch or well, whatever, you know. They get to fight to stay at the front yeah, of the race. Yeah, then. exactly. You know, it is a beautiful, beautiful race to watch. It's just, it's yeah. just extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily hard. But you know, again, there's the irony. The, the interesting thing about the TV coverage is when you're watching it live. Of course, there's not much to see because it's just empty, empty landscapes. And because everything's literally been blown away, you can't, you know, there's nothing to kind of show you. Occasionally you'll see a flag going completely crazy and about to be ripped off its flagpole. But it's just, it's just stunning. Mm. You know, and and, and I do, you know, you think you have to have, you have to be a bit fluent in, you know, there's two ways it goes. One is they're just endlessly attacking and catching. And there was, uh, there's this journalist, I think his name's Gregor Brown. I didn't know who he was. Apparently he writes for Cycling Weekly, who put up a video after the first, so the first stage, there was no wind. And so there were tons and tons and tons, of it, and it was on the, the, the final part of it was on the course, that, the circuit that's going to be the World Championship circuit right. later yep. in the year. And there were tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of attempts to get away, but none of them made it. And so you have this dude in this video, this laddie video, going, oh, nothing really happened and I slept through it. Ugh. And it's like, fuck oh. me. Like, yeah. like, 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 it's just lazy. I hate that. You don't have to like it. You don't yeah. have to like it. You don't have to, you know, I really, really personally love watching the attack and catch, you know? Well, and like, the, the thing is that what you're watching is, um, you know, it's it's like the opening moves of, of a chess game or a, a boxing match or, or whatever. You know, people and, and teams are, are testing each other out and trying different things on. You know, it, it's reductive and quite juvenile, in my opinion, to be like, oh, it was boring. No, everyone's trying to work out who's strong, who's good, who's ready, who's not. And what they can do to disrupt the plans of other people and stuff like that. Like it's it is actually, in my opinion, it's really interesting. Yeah, and it's, so the other the other thing about it is that um, is that it's uh, it, it, it is that we don't know which moves are meaningful until they happen. Yeah. Until until the race is over. Do you know what I mean? So I can say, you know, so I can look at it and go, oh, well, you know, they tried to get away and they failed. But then if they didn't fail, it suddenly becomes meaningful so anyway so the first stage not very much wind it ended in a bunch of sprint kirsten veald won her 10th stage at the ladies tour of qatar which is super impressive it has you know it's not like this is a race that's been going on for a hundred thousand years and she yeah, actually yeah. last year armistead won because we wasn't there kirsten yeah. veald is the queen of qatar i was gonna say it, uh, it, was, it was great to see, yeah great to see her back it was you know. yes and in, so, uh, in absolute shock to everyone that she won the first stage. <laughs> Kirsten Veald did what Kirsten Veald did. Then on stage two, mm. she had she missed the first break. She had a 
pressure and then she had this horrific cartwheel crash and so you saw her just riding along with an ice pack clutched to her face and you're like seriously I would have just got off and gone you know what no one would excuse me if I just sat in that beautiful hotel and just swam in the pool for two days yeah yeah exactly exactly Buckets and rah, I'm gonna get that. So stage two, um, the break, you know, breaks went, breaks form, breaks merge, people drops out of the break, very exciting, comes down to a group of um four at the end, uh Kat Garfoot from Oraka, Trixie Warwick from um from Canyon Stram, Amy Pieces from Wiggle High Five, and Romy Casper from Bowls Bowman's. Yep. Yeah. And they're racing, 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 and um in the last couple of kilometers, Kat Garfoot put in this attack and no one chases her. No one chased. It was it was, you know, quite impressive. Um and I mean Kat's been on a hell of a, a run of form over the last few weeks, but I've heard more than one um teammate or Aussie rider um comment already that this isn't just normal, you know, Aussie summer of cycling form. You know, I've heard several people say this is going to be a really good year for Cat. So it's yeah. it's pretty exciting, and I'm very keen to see where where it goes. Yeah, I mean, Cat Garfoot, she's relatively new to pro cycling. I think this is her. I want to say this is her second full season um, uh, racing. Um, she was uh, signed up for. She, she was. Uh, she she moved to Australia, and she uh, to, to get married, and she uh, was. Right, you know, rode with the Aussie national, rode, rode domestic races, got picked up by the Aussie national squad, then got picked up by Oracle midway through the season before last. First full season last year. This is her, you know, this is this is like she's she now she knows her stuff. She's learned, she's there, she's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And Qatar's interesting because, like you mentioned, the Aussie summer of cycling, and so you get some teams like Oracle, for example, and and part of Wiggle Honda have been racing their hearts out down under. You know, they've been racing the yeah. national. The Bay Crits, the Road Nationals, the Santos Women's Tour, the Cattle Road Race, all of this. And so they're kind of on bang up form. You've got people riders who are who are kind of in track form, like Veals, who've been track focused and who are, you know, looking to the track world champs in March. And then you've got other teams who quite frankly are just, you know, they use this is their this yeah, is they're, their they're kind just, of warm they're up. just warming up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an int- it's always interesting. It's the first time we get to see their uh their um you know the iterations, the new iterations yeah, of, the, of the, yeah. the squad, and yeah, so brilliant. So Catherine moved into the gold jersey, and then stage three. Now the interesting thing about Orica is that, well, you aren't won the race in 2012 off the back of an amazing um, two-woman breakaway with Trixie Warwick, and then. That she didn't win that stage, but she won the overall. She won yeah. the overall race. Orica had never won a stage here before. Catherine. And, yeah, until Cat. Yeah, yeah. But every year, but they've always been up there. They, like, like, like. Yeah, they've always stirred it up, and 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 I think it is, you know, that reflection, like we we're just saying, of of the fact that they are the team that has probably the most riders who are very active across the Australian summer. Um, yeah. You know, so they are very, very active, but it's always been a, a, well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say whether it was a question of tactics or just not quite right no, on the timing. No, it's been tactics. Or... 
it's been Texas because Orica have been the type of team where there's a breakaway of nine, five <laughs> of the riders in the breakaway are Orica, and they manage to come fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. <laughs> so or- that's, that's how Orica have been riding the latest Tour of Qatar for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you stating it more bluntly, and I laugh that hard because it's funny because that's pretty much literally true. <laughs> like like it's that's not been, even an exaggeration that's actually happened <laughs> they've been they've had the most embarrassing time oh. at qatar to be honest you know like there they are like doing all the work la 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 i mean i think it was in 2013 where they were or was it yeah it's 2013 where that stage happens where yeah. where just where just instantly you just had orica rider after orica shooting off and veiled just a jumping on each, each time one went veal jumped on her wheel and each time yeah. she was caught another one went and veal jumped on her wheel with trixie warwick on her wheel and chloe hosking on her wheel you know what i mean like yeah, like yeah. this is they they just could not get away so and someone made a very interesting comment of, do we think it's about having Kat Garford or do we think it's having race radio? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the first year we've got race radio back in all races. No, I think it's, I mean, it's, well, I mean, obviously, well, obviously it wasn't about race radio because then yesterday's stage, the first break went at kilometre three. Yep. K- kilometre three, Daniel. Yep. And... Um, only had Gracie Elvin from Orica in it, no wiggle, like all kinds of teams just completely fucked over by it. And you ended up with a break that had three from Canyon, three from Balls Dolmans, um, two from Rabobank, Kirsten Veal, Shelley Olds, and amazingly, Loretta Hansen from the Aussie national team. Wow. Uh, Loretta is an under 23 rider, Bridie, when I interviewed her about the the hour, said, watch out for Loretta. She's just won the sprint jersey at the Santos Women's Tour. I think maybe yeah, the best yeah. young rider as well, sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and, wow, that was interesting. But you also had some very interesting tactics because this break of, this, this kind of break of tens out there at the end. And Gracie Elvin tries for a flyer about, at about kilometre uh, six to go or so, or ten to go or something. And, and you're like, hang on a minute. Kat Garfoot's in the GC. Now Orica can't chase because Gracie's out on front. What the hell's going on? This makes no sense. Until you remember it's Olympic and um, are riders racing for each other's team or are they racing for the Olympic squad? Because it is oh, very cutthroat. Yeah, yeah, it is very, very cutthroat to make the Olympic squad. Absolutely. So I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying anything. Uh, no, uh, no, but it is a it's a valid point to factor into your thinking, definitely. Um, yeah, I honestly, who knows? I, I yeah. yeah. So, the, but, but Gracie's caught by I mean Tracy War. I will always love watching Tracy War. And then at one and a half kilometers to go, down this long, long straight, Ellen Van Dyke kicks, and. There's a beautiful photo of Ellen attacking just with the face. Like, <laughs> you know, you know that when I, I talk about Ellen attacking, I talk about the ride of the Valkyries playing in the background. Yeah, I talk yeah. about you know, I talk about like the, the the music swelling and Ellen just going for it. You know, every kind of every kind of like you know analogy of analogy of like war and power and passion. Beowulf, you know, Beowulf coming out of the lake after he's destroyed the monster. You know, I just that's how I see. That's how I. That's what I think of when I see Ellen Van Dyke attack. Like I have 
right. I've got a hundred okay. credits. Okay. So, so you have a, yeah, you have a rich and fulfilling fantasy life. We get it. Okay, cool. So Ellen, so Ellen attacks and wins the stage and just so good so much fun and and it'd been really funny because in the morning there would be various tweets with some people being quite worried about the wind and um felix mattis had a little interview with ellen where it's very windy today you just smile and go yep yeah it is so right now um trixie warwick's in the yellow in the golden jersey of race leader we've had three different winners three different race winners uh, three different race leaders this um i was looking up who'd won this stage before and basically they've done it four times and bill's won three times last time i said one but then bill wasn't there so can wow. she stage it's it, the stream started dan so we're gonna have to get off get off the well calls, okay yeah, yeah we better, better get ready to watch um well, in that case, well, we're caught up on where we're up to. Is there anything else that we need to quickly mention before we, we wrap it up and get to watching races? No, I think we'll talk about everything else next week. Um, okay. The racing kind of, the, the, the cyclocross, sorry, the road racing calms down until the end of March, till the end of February. They come back on the 27th or 28th, the race only Noiseblad after this. But we'll come back next week and tell you all about the Ladies Tour of Qatar. And we'll also tell you about various different things that we've seen um, around around the cycling world, you know, uh, that's, yeah. that, that's not racing hey. blogs videos campaigns interesting stuff there's, there's um, no shortage of things to to discuss and don't forget to jump over to our site and vote for your favorite kit of the season yes i've got my i've got my annual kit um and also where you can buy them my annual kit um post so you know if you've got like the top uh the the one of the one of the world tour teams and if you think oh sarah why haven't you got my favorite kits jersey there then my favorite team's jersey you can nominate that and i'll put it up in my best of the rest part two vote um yeah and as always thank you to my patreon supporters who fund me to do all this i love you i love you if anyone wants to join them you can go to www.patreon.com slash women's cycling proven to make you uh, automatically a cooler person um lastly we have had a little bit of uh, call quality issue uh tonight as we've tried to record so apologies if it's made it hard to listen but please do send your hate mail to microsoft um specifically the team that take care of skype because obviously they've fucked something up um oh, and and also bear i, I mean you know, if you're listening to this you found us but we have lost <laughs> a load of listeners due to changing our website and rss and not not doing it as cleverly as we could have done um but if you go to uh, if you if you want to rss into us if you go to our site pro women'scycling.com you can find the link to our itunes you can find the link to our rss and our soundcloud and everything and yes so you know bung us back in <laughs> <laughs> on that horrible note we'll leave you <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening we love you